Job said, If only my anguish could be weighed and all my misery be placed on the scales, it would surely outweigh the sand of the seas. No wonder my words have been impetuous. The arrows of the Almighty are in me, my spirit drinks in their poison. God's terrors are marshalled against me. Does a wild donkey bray when it has grass? Are not their days like those of hired labourers? Like a slave longing for the evening shadows, or a hired labourer waiting to be paid. So I have been allotted months of futility, and nights of misery have been assigned to me. When I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on, and I toss and turn until dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs, my skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Remember, O oh God, let me alone, my days have no meaning. What is mankind that you make so much of them, that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every morning and test them every moment? Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, you who see everything we do? Why have you made me your target? Have I become a burden to you? Why do you not pardon my offences and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie down in the dust. You will search for me, but I will be no more. Welcome back to our study of Job. I'm Ian, and this is the Sailor Time to Pause podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. I will stop and breathe in your presence. Just breathe. He, or she, doesn't really stand a chance in the contest. The little guy rarely does when the bully is his sight set. Often the little guy's only hope is that the bully will get distracted and move on to a new victim and forget about them. Some new toy, a shiny new plaything to attract the attention of their tormentor, and finally some relief will come their way, even if only for a moment. Though it can actually be at its worst when things don't seem too bad, because the fear is that some new, worse scheme is being hatched, suffering on a new scale being planned. A new, previously unimagined torture is on the drawing board, and the anticipation of the unknown makes the dread so much worse. For unless the bully moves on, their persecution will just continue unabated. And for them, it seems unceasing, for each moment is spent wondering what the bully might do next and when it might happen. This is the mindset we now found Job in, helpless and hopeless, feeling like the little guy in an unfair contest, the focus of the attention of some great overbearing bully, a malevolent God concerned only with causing Job anguish for his own amusement. And what's worse is that this bully was once a friend, but now all that Job wants is for his former friend to forget about him. Far from living in Psalm 91's shelter of the Most High God. Job feels like he's in the dark shadow of some Almighty. Job is painfully aware of his helplessness when contrasted to the power of God, and he's disillusioned that God should bother himself with afflicting him. Like a giant torturing an insect, he seems to have been incomprehensibly singled out for suffering, and he cannot understand why God should stoop to try and trouble so small a being as he. It simply appears to Job as though God were taking advantage of his weakness and cruelly making him his victim. 
And so Job's plea is simple. God, please just move on. Find another rag doll to toss about, another new plaything, a fresh amusement. Forget about me and just leave me alone. When we're suffering, sometimes we just want to be left alone by everyone. The pain takes up so much of our attention and brain power that anything and everything else is just too much to deal with. In his suffering, Job just wanted to be left alone. A few years ago, I damaged my ankle and I got a slight insight into how that felt. Through my own fault, while leaving the computer desk at the back of my old church, I misplaced my foot on the little step and fell, twisting my ankle and causing a slight inconsequential break. One minute I was walking, and the next I was on my bum, wondering how on earth I got there, very aware of pain somewhere and with a slight sicky feeling in the pit of my stomach. One of the guys from the church came over to see me and ask if all was okay, and all I could do was just grip my teeth and stare at the floor and just hold my hand up to fend off any questions. At that moment... While I tried to work out what had happened and what was hurting, I just wanted to be left alone. I didn't care whether someone else cared or not. And then a second man came over to see if I was okay and got the same response. He asked what had happened and got short shrift as I snappily just told him, give me a minute. And when he asked what was hurting, I just said, leave me alone. And when he tried to cheer me up, I just remember telling him, I'm going to lay back now and stop listening to you. I was probably quite rude to him at that moment as he tried to comfort and care for me. At that moment, though, I didn't care whether he cared at all. Of course, I know that both of them were showing their concern for me, and I'm glad of it. If things had been more serious than they turned out to be, then they acted entirely rightly in coming over to check on me. But at that moment, I simply couldn't see it. I didn't want to see it. I just wanted to be left alone. Now, obviously, my suffering is nothing on the scale of what Job was facing at this time in his story. But when Job recognises God's nearness through his pain, I can understand his comment when he says, why won't you leave me alone at least long enough for me to swallow? When we're in pain, we sometimes hit out at the ones closest to us, both those physically closer and emotionally closer. It's almost as if the closeness of friends and family, those whom we love, makes our pain worse. And Job's pain makes him want that God will just forget about him and leave him alone. For those of you who are watching the video of this podcast, you're going to see in a moment a short video of a girl and her father. If you're listening to the audio version, then the link will be available in the comments And if you haven't yet started or found our video versions, then there'll be a link for that too, so that you can watch us and watch these podcasts each week. But in this short video of a girl and her father, she's emotionally distressed. Like Job feeling bullied by God, she almost blames her father for how she's feeling. And like Job, she wants to be left alone too as her father tries to offer comfort. She tries to push her father away. Watch in this video how her father reacts and the eventual outcome. It's not true. It's not true. 
Job wanted to be left alone. In his present state, God's closeness felt to him like an added torment. And yet, as we looked in on that brief father-daughter scene, we can see the care of the father who pulls his daughter close even while she hits out at him. From her perspective, it may have seemed to her for those moments that he was using his greater size and strength to make her suffering worse. Yet, we can clearly see that he simply knew the consolation that she needed. How uncaring that father would have been if he'd simply walked out as she'd wanted, never to return and left her forever alone in her pain and suffering and grief. Even though she lashed out at him, he was willing to stay and endure, simply so that when she realised she needed it and was ready to receive it, he would be right there, already offering comfort. In Psalm 139, King David recognised the love and tenderness shown by the ever-present nature of God. There's nowhere he could find that would remove him from God's ministration, no place he could go that was beyond God's keeping, no darkness that could envelop him that would blind God's eyes, no thing he could do that would put him beyond God's affection. God's continual company is evidence and proof of his great love. He will never leave us never forsake us, never fail us, and never abandon us. God is not bullying Job, no matter how it feels to him. Job's words when he asks why God is bothering him parody Psalm 8, where the psalmist asks why is God bothered with him? The young David, while still a shepherd boy for his father, experienced the same God closeness as Job, but made a totally different inference. In desperation, Job cried out to God, Why am I so important to you that you hate me so much and torment me? While David, on the other hand, exclaimed, What is man that you should think about him? Mere human beings that you should care for them. Job, in his suffering, perceives only the presence of a capricious tormentor, while David, living in better circumstances, is able to see the closeness of a loving friend. What a difference perspective makes. And yet it's the same action of drawing close to man made by the same God. Both Job and David are able to perceive the discrepancy of power between themselves and God. They both recognise God's exceeding greatness and their own frailty, but their responses are on opposite extremes. Job wonders why God troubles him, while David wonders how it is that God cares. One sees God's vastness as the ruler of time and space and perceives a threat since they're comparatively tiny, while the other sees God's immensity and is overcome with wonder at God's love, given his own scantiness as a mere inhabitant of God's creation. As Blaise Pascal, the famous mathematician, physicist and theologian put it, Oh, the grandeur and littleness, the excellence and the corruption, the majesty of God and the meanness of man. David reminds us of the infinite goodness of God, for it is indeed a wonderful thing that the creator of heaven, whose glory is so surpassingly great, still ravishes us with the highest admiration, 
that he condescends so far as graciously to take upon himself the care of the human race. The thought which lies behind David's words is far deeper now than when it was first uttered by him in awe. David could have had no conception of the scale of creation compared with that at which we're now arriving. The sheer number of stars and masses of galaxies and the unimaginable distances between them. What is man in the presence of such an overwhelming display of creative power? And instead of being depressed by our insignificance, David realises that this elevates man and shows the greatness of God's love. Sorry, sickly mankind, a mass of mortalities, a map of miseries, a mixture of dirt and sin, and yet God is mindful of him. Even when our frailty is most evident, when we're in pain and when we suffer, he will not walk away. God's mindfulness of his people is not just a thing of yesterday. Others may leave, but God will always stay. Others may shut their ears to our troubles, but God will always listen. Others may only go so far, but God even died for us. He will endure. He will remain faithful. He will suffer to ease your burden. He'll support you, uphold you, encourage you and sustain you. He'll be your strength when yours has all gone, for he is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Lord will always be with us, we're told, so we need never fear. He is good and his faithful love never ceases. There's another video clip that I'd like you to watch here. And again, if you're just listening to the audio version, there'll be a link to find it below. Now, are you going to tell Will or not? I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. Fine. Uh, I'll call him from the road. Yeah, then why don't you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. Daddy out! What's up? Will, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, some business came up I gotta handle. So we're gonna have to put a, our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. That's cool. Just, just for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Look, I'll, I'll call you next week and we'll iron out the details, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing you, son. You too, Lou. Yeah. Yeah, um... I'm sorry, Will. You know what? Actually, this works out better for me. You know, the Slimmies of Summer come to class wearing next to nothing. You know what I'm Will, saying? Will, it's all right to be angry. Hey, why should I be mad? I'm saying at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry. I, you know, if there was something that I Hey, could you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm going to be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good at it, too, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. Die with him!
I ain't need him then and I don't need him now. Will. Nah, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'ma get through college without him. I'ma get a great job without him. I'ma marry me a beautiful honey. And I'ma have me a whole bunch of kids. I'ma be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that. Cause ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? When we're in pain, God promises to hold us close and surround us with his love. He'll never leave us alone. The only question is whether we will draw near to him, relax in his arms and receive his love.
Hello, this has been Sailor Time to Pause, a podcast from Plexus Salvation Army, an online church in the UK. I'm Ian. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Sam. If you've enjoyed journeying with us over these last few weeks, join us every Monday. Or any day that works for you. To spend time together, taking time out to pause, catch our breath, draw near to God and refresh our spirits. We share Bible teachings, reflections on songs we're listening to, and on what's going on in the world around us. As well as this, on the last day of the month, we look back and reflect, share any thoughts from our listener community, and ask what we can take from it into our daily living. What we call our personal So What's for the month. Join us making us part of your regular routine, spending a few minutes to listen to what God might be saying to you. Find us on your favourite podcast streaming service, on Facebook or YouTube by searching for Selah. That's S-E-L-A-H. Time to pause. We also would like to let you know that we have an exciting one-year opportunity for someone to join our team as a digital community mission facilitator with a focus on social media. This role requires a sense of vision, purpose, and creativity as we pioneer a new expression of the Salvation Army to develop online community as a means to help people explore their spiritual journey in creative and relevant ways. Could this be you? Or maybe even someone you know? Applications close on the 30th of July, 2023. Check out the link in our description or on our social media pages for full details and how to apply.